Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book. I'm a registered dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with the lovely Kate Agnew, an accredited practicing dietitian from Australia who caught a glimpse of food insecurity as a child while sitting in school lunch. Kate knew her passion was not in clinical dietetics and during her training had an amazing volunteer experience, which has led to massive opportunities. She's currently a podcaster and self-educated tech whiz as the marketing and communications director at Dietitian Connection. Please enjoy my conversation with Kate. Well, good. Well, I'm, I'm excited to learn more about you. I know that we've, we've kind of, you know, graced each other's presence in some different situations, but I never really got to know kind of your background, your history, how you got into nutrition and dietetics and kind of how you got to where you are today. So I'm excited to learn more about that journey. Me too, and and I I think you are such a great um, listener, and you offer this really unique space for IDs to share their story, and um, you know uh, to share it with other um, with the rest of the dietitian community. So I'm really excited to be talking with you as well. Well, good. Well, why? Well, let's get let's just kind of go back. Why don't you take me back? I know it probably hasn't been as long as I've been a dietitian, but take me back to when you kind of started getting an interest in nutrition and how you got there. Yeah, sure. Um, I guess a huge part of my story is that I started my life living in South Africa. Um, and so I moved to Australia when I was 11 years old with my family. Um, and obviously at that age, at 11, I didn't know what career I wanted, um, but was you know, interested in science. And also probably a huge part of that was as well was seeing a lot of um, poverty and food insecurity in South Africa. Um, you know, one example being that there were kids that um, went to my primary school that didn't um, actually have, they didn't have lunch for the day. And it was, um, mm. yeah, it was ha- heartbreaking as a, I think I was able to obviously comprehend that at the age of, you know, nine, 10, um, but it was, yeah, it was pretty heartbreaking. So that was kind of, I guess, one side of, of being interested in, you know, um, the food side of it. But then along my, um, you know, sort of high school journey, I was always fascinated by science. I loved business as well, um, you know, like business class and, um, you know, working one-on-one with people. But, I'm, um, you know, I um, I, had to, I had to actually end up dropping business in high school because I felt like I had to make room for all the science subjects, like, mm. you know, chemistry and biology. And in hindsight, I wish I hadn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I wish, I wish I'd kept going with business because I think it's really important skills for now. Um, but, yeah, what ended up happening is I studied for the medicine admissions test um, and I actually didn't get the marks that um, were required and nutrition and dietetics was really next on my list. And so, I, you know, I started doing a science degree at uni and then, and then moving into nutrition and dietetics and um, after finishing, you, I think when I was at university, um, sorry, I've got to remember that there's different words in the US for different parts <laughs> That's of <okay>. university. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bear with me. yeah, I think um, 
you know, I realised when I was doing, we, we call it placement. We don't do an, in, uh, an internship at the end here as such, but we do placement in um, different sites, different settings. And I think um, when I was, uh, yeah, doing placement, um, I realised that I didn't want to work in a hospital. Um, and I think that was, that was quite an interesting realisation because I think um, a lot of RDs go through this where we think, um, hospital is the place to be and then we you know end up doing placement or end up finishing our degrees and realize either there's not enough jobs or it's not really our calling it's not really where we're meant mm-hmm. to be so I, I really realized that um, quite early on and um, decided to do some private practice work and um, then I think you know s- slowly after doing some some private practice realized that you know, I, I want to be in a job where um, I'm not necessarily working one-on-one with a patient, but I'm, I'm creating more impact in a, um, you know, I'm doing bigger bigger picture projects and, and trying to reach more people at once. I think I realise that's really where my passion is. So, yeah, that's sort of the background. <laughs> you know, I think that's interesting how, you know, when you go to dietetics, it's like, well, you, you kind of figure that you're going to have to work with people. You know, I think like, Initially, it's like, that's your only option, but it's awesome that you figured out, hey, I don't really want to work with people. I want to work on a grander scheme of things and affect more people, but not actually have that one-on-one. Yeah, and I and I meet incredible dietitians who just get so much joy and energy from working one-on-one with patients. So it really, I think it is really about what's suited to your personality and your strengths, right? Absolutely. And, you know, like, I also feel like it's okay to be like, it's, I don't really want to work with people directly. Like, I feel like that's an empowering thing that it's okay to say. Yeah, definitely. Much like many, um, you know, skills that we use as RDs about understanding, you know, which, which skills do you want to grow and strengths that you have and which ones do you feel like maybe you'll leave that up to someone else who's way better at that. (laughs) (laughs) And you're right. There are so many people that get a lot of joy and get a lot of energy back. And then there's people that get energy drained. So I feel like there is a good balance of people that do like that one-on-one and there's a good balance of people that want to be on that other side yeah definitely which is kind of interesting because I do identify as being an extrovert so it's not (laughs) like being around people drain me but um yeah it's it's interesting right there's personalities are not black or white it's there's a it's there's it's multi-dimensional for sure do you, so maybe kind of share, you know, when you realized, oh, you know, I really want to do things on a grander scale, I feel like that can be a very hard kind of area to tap into. So how did you kind of figure out what you were going to do on that grander scale and how did you start making the connections to make that happen? Yeah, so um, I think the, you know, the cogs were kind of turning a bit when I was still studying, when I was in university. Um, so as an example, you know, I didn't, uh, when when we were doing placement and seeing patients, I, I didn't feel like I was making impact with a patient at that point. But when we I went on to do what we call like a, a community placement, which is where we go into a, a facility and, and run it like a nutrition program. And I'd one of mine was at a um, mental health service. We ended up creating um, videos, like a video for the waiting room and um, 
posters and, and banners. And I, you know, at that point realized, oh, well, this is really, um, this is really my happy place. And this is where I feel I can make impact. So that was sort of the start of it. Um, and then while I was um, uh, still studying, I had a couple of things going on. I, I obviously kept myself busy. So I, I started, <laughs> um, I started, um, sort of setting myself up for private practice and um, I met a great private practice dietitian who helped me along the way and then I also did research um, like a research assistant job in a lab um, on a on a um, lactoferrin study related to gut health which was fascinating mm. that was that's kind of my nerdy side coming out of me you know, my, <laughs> my dietitian nerdy side I like um, it yeah, and then I met a very special um, and inspired person who goes by the name of Marie Ferguson, who I know you know quite well. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and she came to speak at um, one of our classes and I think I was just, I was drawn in by her energy and her words and her legacy and, you know, um, the the malnutrition screening tool that we use all through placement and use in you know um, most hospitals around here in Australia, um, Marie had actually authored that was her PhD project. So I think I, I was really blown away with what she's done with her career. And um, what did I do? I think I sort of um, she was leaving after that presentation and I think I almost crash tackled her to try and talk to her <laughs> <laughs> as one does <laughs> well it seemed um, to work out in your favor <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I spoke to her and um she I also uh, had another dietitian that I did some volunteer work for who sent a lovely email to Marie to you know rec recommend me for something whether it be volunteer work or other so that, that really helped. And, um, yeah, so I started volunteering for Marie at Dietitian Connection um, just a couple of hours a week. And then um, and she one of the first jobs she gave me was to set up a podcast, which is um, really, uh, I guess, exciting and interesting that we are now sitting down recording a podcast. Um, <laughs> And I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, sure, I'm up for the challenge. And so I set up the Dietitian Connection podcast. And Marie obviously thought I did something right because she then offered me work, which was, um, yeah, super exciting as, uh, you know, I was almost about to graduate and someone was offering me work. And I just thought mm -hmm. that was, you know, the best opportunity ever. So it started sort of as a casual role and then as a um, part-time role and then she offered me a full-time role and kind of the rest is history, I guess. You, and you two are the power duo. I love that. <laughs> and I love to hear the background of how you just, you know, were enamored with her and you found her to be inspirational and you found, you know, just that she was someone that you wanted to work with, whether it was a volunteer position, you didn't care. You were like, I'm in, just tell me what you'd like to do. Yeah, yeah. And I gotta say, like, you know, Marie has really shaped me over the years. She's taught me so much from a, you know, professional level, but also a personal level. And um, 
It's surreal to think we, we've been working together for five years now and um, it, it feels like longer because of everything we've done together, but it also has gone so quickly. It's a bit of a, we call it a roller coaster, roller coaster <laughs> journey. Yeah. I think that's interesting that your first mm. task for her was starting a podcast. I mean, like that's a huge undertaking for someone that you're, you know, is, has this amazing business and you're like okay we'll make this work (laughs) I know actually I was you know what and I was so um I was really blown away by by the amount of trust that she put in me sorry pardon me for this task I um I I didn't take that lightly I was like this is a big deal she's trusting me to um set up a podcast channel for her and talk to a lot of her really esteemed guests in the field of nutrition and dietetics I know (laughs) I can't take this lightly (laughs) (laughs) no yeah no pressure right (laughs) yeah 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 that's the thing as well the thing with Marie though is she's got an She's, you know, she's got an incredible level of, um, you know, excellence. That's one of her key values and she likes doing work to an excellent standard. Um, In saying that, she understands that we're all just, we're trying to do the best we can. And so she's got this really unique ability to, you know, aim really high, set the benchmark high, um, but guide her, um, you know, mentees along the way to get there if that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, yes. And I, 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 from what I've spoke with Marie too, is that she just, she has a big heart and she does have this sense of excellence, but she does want to, you know, mold and help and teach and not just say, Hey, you know, just follow me. I want to, she wants to walk along with you. Definitely. Which is an incredible skill. Not everyone can do that. Oh, I 100% agree with you. Hopefully in the dietetics world, though, there's a lot more people that will walk with you than just walk ahead of you. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, we have such a supportive profession. I am continually um, blown away by, you know, the um, sense of um, being supportive within the dietetics community and, um, you know, uh, building each other up so that we can all create more impact together. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm continually blown away. I, and I think so too, even thinking of like United States and you're in Australia, like I do even feel like that sense across, you know, the miles too. It's not just, you know, one area of the world that's all over the world. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So why don't you tell me more about diet? I know it's been a while since I probably have talked about Dietitian Connection, but maybe share a little bit more about Dietitian Connection and what your role is and what the future of Dietitian Connection looks like. Yeah, sure. So um, uh, in essence, we are a community of dietitians and our mission is to inspire and empower dietitians to realize our professional dreams. And that is largely through professional development opportunities and bringing dietitians together. Um, a, lo- a lot of people will ask us, well, what's the difference between Dietitian Connection and the association? Like you've mm-hmm. got the academy there and we've got Dietitians Australia here. Um, so we don't see our role as regulating dietitians as such um, or, you know, for example, lobbying to the government. Um, our role is about providing professional development and sort of filling that gap. And it's really an adjunct to the association and the academy. Um, our strengths are about 
um, providing, uh, yeah, you know, um, professional development opportunities like webinars, podcasts, um, educational materials, EDMs, for example, um, and that's really, yeah, what sort of governs, you know, um, what we do, what we set out to do, but then at a higher level, you know, one of our um, biggest sort of, you know, missions is about coming together to help um, raise the voice of dietitians. So, you know, like that social awareness with the public, because um, I think there's still a lot of gaps and there's still a lot of work to do, at least, you know, in, in the Australian landscape around helping educate consumers about, you know, who, who it is we are, um, what we do, how, how to see a dietitian, the amount of people mm. that think you need a referral from a GP to see a dietitian just, you know, obviously, you know, baffles me. And so, um, and it's about coming together to also, you know, um, create the awareness of the training that we go through, the credentials that we have, and of course, you know, um, how our the way we practice and the standard we practice to and the code that we practice to might be different to um uh, a lot of the noisy ones on the internet. Yes, yes. <laughs> you get what I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, so that's sort of you know instead of instead of um, I guess the way we see it is instead of um, saying to ourselves, you know, we, you know, we're, we're dietitians, we're the authorities. Listen to us. It, a continual project that we have is well, how, well, how do we get the public to come on this journey with us? How do we help them understand who it is we are and how we can help? Um, the public and how we differ and um, really seeing that as a, a project that we all need to unite on as dietitians to, to push further. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's amazing how that seems to be the general issue with our profession, how it's just, I just don't, I don't understand. Like I sure, I'm sure you struggle with it too. It's just how the access, the not needing a referral, the person you need to go to and making that available. It's just, it's consistent across the world. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And it's confusing, right? Yes. Confusing for the public. I had a, I had someone that um, came to me oh, a couple weeks ago and she only came to me because she saw a video on TikTok and she had never heard of a dietitian before until she saw that TikTok video. Oh, right. Well, how's that? Hey? I, <laughs> I know. And I was like, wow. So TikTok made you come see a registered dietitian. Like, yeah. it blew my mind. I was like, oh, my gosh. And you know what? I actually guess so many people learn things on TikTok these days. I'm not on TikTok yet. It kind of frightens me. <laughs> I'm not either, Kate. So don't worry. But I I don't, you know, it's like I, I don't know the answer, but I also feel that there isn't a direct answer if TikTok isn't in the equation. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I know. And, and, and how, you know, thinking about that, like what would this person have thought if they hadn't learned about it on TikTok, right? There right. probably demonstrates the, the problem that we have and the, and the work that needs to be done. Right. Like how else would this individual have ever found out about a dietitian if that wouldn't have been there? <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting. But I think that's yeah. great that you and Marie have taken on, you know, this challenge to, you know, not only educate dietitians, but to also educate the public on diet. It's a big task. 
Yeah, yeah, but and but you know, just a, a note there being that um, we don't necessarily see, see, see it as just our work. It's the work of all of us coming together, and I think part of the um, mission of Dietitian Connection is really just guiding that, thinking of creative ways that we can make that happen. So, um, an example being in in twenty sixteen, we ran a social awareness campaign. So it was sort of like a really a proof of concept. Um, where we crowdfunded um, money from Australian dietitians and actually we had some, um, you know, a US dietitians put in um, and we raised $60,000 and it was about um, creating a proof of concept of a social awareness campaign on how we can educate the public. So it was a really interesting um, project to go through. There are a lot of ups, ups and downs because we actually had some some trolls, uh, some low carb mm-hmm. trolls come on board, which oh, is a story no. for another day. But um, <laughs> that you know, that's just one example, and it was about us all uniting together, not just um, you know a couple of people are leading it. It was about doing it together, really. That's a that's that's an interesting way too to to kind of tackle that coming to because that was when social media. I mean, really, that's a huge time where social media was very impactful. I think even more than now. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and like we had some incredible dietitians join us um, for that project. So one of them was jo- Dr. Joanna McMillan, who is um, uh, you know. Uh, really well known by the public here and um, is in a lot of um, yeah, media opportunities. So, and mm. she, she actually, you know, volunteered her time to make this happen. And we worked with some other incredible dietitians from a kind of marketing comms point of view, as well as like a comms agency, understanding that we can't do all of it ourselves. Sure. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and in saying that, we were a team of two back then. Um, we're a team of seven these days, which oh, is that's surreal. Good. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So you've expanded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's been so interesting just um, over the last few years growing. I think um, so. You know, over the pandemic, um, a, a lot of dietitians have been looking for connection and professional development online and that connection is a lot as a you know almost 100% online business the only thing we don't do online is a is a conference an annual conference um and so it's really helped us become you know more more um known by dietitians and it's increased that sort of access to professional development given that it's all, all online well, and you all send out an awesome email every Sunday, or we get it on Sunday. Um, it's probably Monday for you, but um, it comes out, and you just have so much information and education opportunities for dietitians. And I, you know, yes, we have the academy, and we have all these things in the United States. But I always something find so valuable from your organization because it's just a little bit different than the things that I'm exposed to here in the states. So I very much appreciate that email each mm-hmm. week. Thanks, and I appreciate that. So when you when you're doing so what's your current role and what do you enjoy about your job and what do you like to do to kind of make your job creative and enjoyable and, and be something that you really love doing? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. So um my official role is marketing and communications director. So I actually being a small 
you know, being a relatively small team and a small business, I do have to wear many hats. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So um, one of them is that, so we do work with um, uh, partners in the food and medical industry and we do that to sort of bridge this gap between you know, all the innovations that are happening in industry and, you know, what dietitians are aware of, what they're up to date with. So, uh, you know, a big part of what we do is that working with those um, two really important um, sides and creating education materials to really communicate the science and, and, and um, you know, help uh, help dietitians get up to speed with, with all the innovations that are happening and, and translating research and whatnot. So um, a big part of what I do is working with um, uh, a lot of the in-house dietitians that work in industry to, to create, create, basically come up with, you know, creative and compelling ways to um, communicate the science and then... Um, I also look after the sort of top-level marketing decisions that get made at Dietitian Connection, um, uh, as well as I am the resident IT person in our team. (laughs) (laughs) So so the really funny story there is, you know, obviously being a small business, we don't don't have the ability to employ an in-house IT person or web developer. So um, it's just really funny. We had... um, we had someone, a member, call up. This was a couple of years ago. She was talking to me about a problem she was having, and she said something like, you know, can you can you call IT to help? Can IT help? And they said to her, you're talking to IT. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> and, I, and I have to say, I don't have IT qualifications or web development qualifications, and I'm really clear with people on that. Um, I just learn by doing. <laughs> so, Lots of Google yeah. videos, like videoing and just searching yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's sort of the, to be honest, that was how I set up the podcast that we talked about earlier. So, um, yeah, so I try, to, I try to problem solve things myself and, and, and only go to the, you know, the, um, the IT person or the, the web developer that we have um, on board who is sort of, you know, a, a consultant only only in, when I have to. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I think um, of the things that I love about this job is that um, um, Marie puts a lot of trust in me and a lot of our team members to, you know, solve problems and make decisions, which, um, you know, again, I never take lightly, but it is really, I know that, um, you know, not every organisation will give their um, team members the ability to make decisions. And I guess we can do that because we're a small business and a small team um, and we, you know, when we have ideas for new projects, we get to move really quickly on them. We don't, you know, we don't get stalled in paperwork and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that, um, as I mentioned before, we have a, a lot of members, i.e. dietitians, that will reach out to us to give us their feedback, their recommendations on, um, you know, education opportunities or speakers, and we can, you know, act quickly on that and make that happen. Um, and uh, we really have, within this role and within the sort of culture that Marie has fostered, we really get to dream big and no dream is considered too big from her perspective, which is, um, yeah, pretty phenomenal way of thinking. That's amazing. And that's, yeah. Yeah, that's I think that's great that you mentioned that, um, you know, you get, a, you get to be part of a team, but you get to make a lot of 
you get a lot of ownership for decision-making and, you know, that's kind of hard to kind of be like, Oh, I can really just make that decision. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. yes. <laughs> I'm sure that's yeah. hard to kind of learn in the beginning. Yeah. And with great power comes great responsibility, yes. right? Like you're going <laughs> to yes. make good decisions. <laughs> and so whatever happens, happens. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then we have this acronym LGI, learn, grow, improve, which our oh. team member Jay introduced to us. And it's about like, I think it's really important when it comes to decision-making because it's about understanding that like, we're not going to get it right all the time. We're, like we're humans, we're not robots. So as long as you turn um, you know, a situation that doesn't go according to plan, turn it into an LGI moment and think about what can we do better next time. I love that. LGI. Yeah. I'm going to remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It comes up a lot. <laughs> I bet it does. But that's good though. Like, you know, as long mm. as you know that it's going to be a teaching moment and it's not going to be something that ends your career or, you know, anything that's too negative, that's that's a good way to, to, to take yeah. it. Yeah. Um, And uh, just then the other thing I was going to mention was the, you know, ability to network and amazing dietitians that we get to meet and connect with. That's a, that's a huge, um, you know, uh, positive around this role. And I I imagine you feel the same and with your podcast and, and what you and everything that you're doing to connect dietitians, how really truly empowering and special it is. It, well, I, I think we kind of are in that same area that we just want to promote our profession and make it the best profession ever. And you only can do that through conversations with dietitians that you have on a regular basis. And I try to have and share with people. And I think that's that's where the power lies is just making sure that those conversations are being had. Definitely sharing ideas and um, yes. thoughts. And yeah, it's important. It is important. And you're still doing the podcast, correct? Yeah. So, but I'm not the only host on our podcast. Once upon a time, I was the ma- the main host, you were but it. now, <laughs> <laughs> but now I share it around a bit, which was an interesting. You know, the podcast is my baby, and so it was yeah. in- interesting. I'm sure many um, dietitians listening have gone through this process before in some way or another. Or another, you know, when you. You know, you you own a project, it's your baby, it's something that you've poured your heart and soul into and then it is time to bring someone else in or hand it over or, you know, um, lead, lead the way for, for someone else to be involved. So that, that was a really interesting process a couple of years ago. Um, so it's now actually three of us who host various episodes. Um, it's myself, it's Marie, and then it's Jane. Oh, yeah. good. Good. I mean, it is hard. It's hard to like kind of let the reins go a little bit when you when you have put so much you know work into something and you're like, okay, I'm gonna pass it yeah. off now. <laughs> yeah, but in saying that, it's always an opportunity to learn, right? Mm-hmm. To learn from others um, because we don't all have all, all the answers and the right and the you know perceived right way of doing things. So it is a really good opportunity to understand, you know, how to how to do things differently or um, how to you know, learn and, and uh, try new things. And um, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So what does the future look like for Kate? What are you excited about? Is there anything that you're working on that you're looking forward to? Yeah. So, um, you know, right now with Dietitian Connection, a huge part of um, what we're doing is to really um, 
increase the amount of members that we have that are based in the US. So um, we've got 99% of Australian dietitians um, and uh, they're obviously, you know, a huge, a huge part of, of what we do to, to serve them. And then the, the next component is the US. And I'm continually blown away by how big the RD community is in the US. From my understanding, it's a, it's 100,000. Is that right? I think so. Yes. <laughs> so, um, you're, you're about 10 times the size of us in oh, Australia. Really? Okay, I was going to ask, how many are there in Australia? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, about um, about 8,000 roughly. Gotcha, okay. So even more than 10 times. So um, yeah, really uh, looking to... Um, you know, in, increase our reach in the US and get US dietitians, um, RDs on board with um, becoming members with us. It's free membership. So, um, yeah, being involved with our community. Um, so, a, a, a key thing that we recently started was Dietitian to Dietitian with the wonderful Joy Bauer, who is hosting it. So, um, that's I one of the big projects. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, another key thing that we're doing here in Australia is a campaign called Gut Health Month next year. Um, and it's it, le- lends a, it leads into a lot of what we've been talking about today, about increasing the voice of dietitians and uh, helping the public understand who we are and what we do. So it's about, um, on one side, helping the public understand, you know, who, who it is that can actually help them with gut health problems because we know they're so prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also providing, like, education and the later science to dietitians in that area because, as I'm sure you'll agree, gut health is um, a really popular topic right now because consumers are asking lots of questions about it and there's really fascinating research coming out about it. I think it's, like, the – I think it's – like, like truthfully the root of a lot of our you know just us being practitioners that gut health component is huge and I've noticed that a lot of the things that you have all communicated over the past you know couple months has been always there's like a gut health component which I think is great yeah and look it's you know it's you know the in terms of the content that we provide it's it's always informed by what dietitians are asking for and what they want to learn more about and um, a fascinating stat is that when we ran a survey we asked dietitians about particular topics that they want to upskill in and 80 percent of dietitians said they want to upskill in the general area of gut health obviously there's a lot of specifics that can come into that but you know the gut microbiome and the research and the emerging therapies and the problems that you know um, patients are facing so yeah it's um you're right it's just a huge area that's exciting I and I, I guess I didn't you know I don't know if a lot of people listening which I think will probably be a lot of people from the United States that it's free to join your community Yes. Yeah, exactly. So you can just do it online um, at dietitianconnection.com. Um, so become a member that way and you'll get um, our, uh, or, you know, about, about 80% of what we do is free to, to IDs. Um, and so um, you'll get that regular e-newsletter that'll tell you what's going on that week or that month. 
That's so exciting. It's so exciting to know a little bit you're more behind the scenes of all those things that are happening. I like to know that when I see that email now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks for being such a great supporter. And that really means a lot. <laughs> I like I like it because I love, you know, sometimes we can get just into our daily routines of being dietitians. And that's why, you know, I've been a dietitian for 21 years. So it's kind of like I like fresh takes on things and just just different ways of getting information so I appreciate it yeah yeah and it's definitely like this I guess part of what we do as well is to bring some voice and personality behind um our communications beyond just being you know we're not trying to be an an authority as such that Mm-hmm. tells RDs, you know, <laughs> yes. what to do and whatnot. It's about guiding and inspiring and empowering. Which I love that because I think we all, we all know how it, we don't like to be governed as much as we think we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, we all, and we all have so many different uh, ideas that need to be shared. So it's about creating that platform, I suppose. Yeah. Yes. I like it. I like it. Well, I hope that people that listen today sign up and help to grow your community because it's a great one to be a part of. Thanks, Anne. I appreciate that. Anything else you want to share about UK? I know you just, did you just get a puppy recently or <laughs> last year? <laughs> yes. So the, the kind of big life changes for me were um, I used to live in Brisbane, Australia, which okay. is sort of in uh, quite a warm kind of tropical area. Um, and then I moved down to Sydney, which I think most people will know as like the capital city here. Yeah. Um, and so that happened at the beginning of the year and nothing changes my work, which is incredible because it's all online. Um, it, Perfect. It was, it was for love. <laughs> the reason I moved. Um, and yes, I got a puppy who keeps me so busy. She's a uh, Rhodesian Ridgeback, so uh, quite a big dog. And she's nine months. And I'm learning a lot about being patient. <laughs> so I, I don't have children, so I haven't learned the patience from that, um, you know, that side of it. But I, I'm learning a lot about, yeah. Um, we're training her at the moment. That's the kind of basically what I would call my hobby. So, um, yeah. And it's all about, it's actually, you know what? It's so interesting. It's like, it's, it's like it provides really great perspective for any sort of behavior change um, when you're training a puppy because it's all about consistency, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's a really interesting lesson. I think if I was working with patients, it would really provide me with another perspective and an added layer of empathy. For behavior change, right? That's not a yeah, huge task. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially when and, you're and, a puppy. <laughs> yeah, and and we're in lockdown at the moment here in Sydney, which I know seems crazy. Um, we're we're very slow with our vaccination rollout here, so um, we've been in lockdown for two months, and it's oh, wow. probably another two months coming, from what I can tell. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of puppy training happening in lockdown and, and some of us are going a bit crazy. <laughs> it was a good time to get a dog though, right? It was a good time oh to my gosh, move, yes. get a dog, like do all the things that you just need to pause a little bit more for. Totally. And look, I must say lockdown is a lot more comfortable with the dog by your side. Aww, I bet. I <laughs> yeah. bet. And that yeah. your job is so fluid that you didn't, that wasn't a stress for you during the whole thing too. 
Yeah, yeah. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for what we have here. You know, I um, I think a lot of us are watching the news at the moment with what's happened in Afghanistan and oh, yeah. in the um, world. And, you know, at the same time, there's, there's, there's people here in Australia talking about their, you know, they feel like their freedom has been lost and that they can't, you know, live with freedom. And I, I just, it's, it's really important to look at what else is happening around the world for perspective. And it, it really has made me realise how grateful I am to, to live in a safe country where, you know, like they, they take good care of us and um, we have access to, you know, basic needs plus more. Yeah, it's right. It is all about perspective. That's for sure. Yeah, oh. yeah. Have you have you felt the same at times as well? Because I know oh. you. You know, you went through. You always went through a rough time with COVID last year. It did, yes, and you know, I it was the perfect timing for I think my just even for myself, kind of the same way of that perspective, being grateful, like I like just like had no reason to complain, right? There's nothing mm-hmm. to complain about when you do have all your basic needs taken care of. You have a home to live in. You have, you know, a hospital two miles down the street that if you needed it, you would get care and, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It is very much perspective. So it's been a good, mm-hmm. like I think COVID and lockdown has been very good for me and I hope it's been good for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. I have heard um, a lot of people talk about silver linings that have come out from the last year and a half, which, yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a good thing to reflect on them. Absolutely. Well, I love chatting with you and I love getting to know the background of Kate. I'm so excited to learn just, you know, just how the business develops for you and Marie and your, your team. And um, I'm glad I'm part of the community and I encourage everyone to do the same. And I just love your perspective on just being a dietitian. It's so fun to get different perspectives. Thanks, Anne. I'd say the same for you. You know, when I listen to your podcast and I listen to the RDs that you um, that you that join you on the podcast, um, just have this really special way of. Um, I know part of your mantra is about finding the joy in life, yes. um, and you just have this really special way of you know bringing out the best in people people particularly RDs and um focusing on the good things which is a, such an important thing for everyone in in this crazy world that we live in <laughs> right right there's so many things that are bad we have to focus on the good <laughs> yeah totally yeah a- acknowledge the bad right acknowledge right. the bad and acknowledge what needs to change but focus on the good I love that mindset that you have um it's right. really special Oh, I appreciate that so much. Speaking of good, do you want to answer all my hard questions now? The good questions? <laughs> sure. I do love your hard questions. <laughs> I always find it really interesting to hear the answers to your hard questions on your podcast. <laughs> I know. And they are harder than some of the other questions that I asked earlier. <laughs> <That's in> podcast, <laughs> so. <laughs> well, why don't you share with me some foods that you enjoy? Oh, foods. Yes. Um, I am a big fan of pizza and a lovely cheese board. Um, I'm more of a savory kind of person rather than sweet. Um, mm-hmm. And I, um, in terms of, um, oh, and in terms of fruit, oranges. I know or oranges. I know that sounds crazy, but I love oranges. No, yum! <laughs> yeah. I love the yeah. smell. I love the smell when you open an orange or when you start to peel an orange. It is like the best smell ever. 
Yes, yes, the citrus um, oils and whatnot. Yeah. I will sit in the lunchroom and I can, I'll be like not facing anyone at work and I'll, I will hear, I will smell it and I will look around. I'm like, who's peeling an orange? Cause I can smell it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Same, same with bananas. You know how oh, you yes. can smell bananas in like when someone has one in the room? Yeah. You're like, Ooh, that's a, who's got a banana. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and actually, so I learned this when I was doing, I think I'm sure it was in chemistry. It's to do with the ethylene gas in the bananas which is what ripens other fruit and Mm -hmm. we can really easily smell that yeah yeah (laughs) oh yeah uh what about beverages that you enjoy um it's not a very um commonly probably common answer that rds might say um (laughs) but it's a it's a gin and tonic that's my Mm. chosen beverage if it's not water or coffee um (laughs) it's so funny when i tell people that um who aren't dietitians they get really like um they're just flabbergasted that I say that and I'm like well we're humans too right 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 (laughs) that's a good drink too like I think Mm. that's one of those underrated drinks that people it's kind of like not as popular as it used to be like back in like the 90s and it's coming back again I love yeah yeah, yeah, it's made a huge comeback lately. So, and oh my gosh, the gin section here, like it's a huge thing in Australia. There's Is lots it? of um, local distilleries that are creating gins and um, it's lovely to see some of the kind of, you know, smaller players, you know, get get their products in the, the, the big big warehouses and big um, liquor and chains and, mm. um, yeah, there's so many different types. I had a blue gin the other day, blue colored mm. gin. Yeah. Yum. I remember when I went to London, there was a violet gin that I loved. It was delicious. Mm. Oh, mm. and we cannot hey. get it here. Oh, really? So mm. what, you have to either order it overseas or not, or only have it when you go overseas? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that might be a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Sad>. Yeah. <laughs> um, how about scents or smells that you enjoy? Oh, smells. Okay. So um, one of my um, favorite things to do is when I'm walking, like, you know, just walking outside, you know how you walk past someone's house and you can smell their home cooked meal Mm. cooking and it's sort of, (laughs) you just get a whole sensory experience. Oh my gosh. I want to knock on their door and say, come in. (laughs) What are you making? And can I please um, have dinner with you? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So, and I live in an area with um a lot of uh people from Greek background and Lebanese background. Ooh. So um wow. oh my god, beautiful smells when I'm, you know, on my sort of evening, late afternoon walk around here. I would ha- yeah. I would get so hungry. I would have to like eat oh. before I went outside. I to yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then probably actually another one is um so being South African, um we have we call it a a, a braai. It's like a barbecue. Um mm. and that's about you know, it's basically cooking on charcoal um with uh, you know, meats and vegetables and that kind of thing. So mm. there's like some really specific um sausages that we um make as well as some other like traditional meals like stews and stuff so I'd probably say that 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 smell really reminds me of home and my childhood Mm. yeah yum 
That's so neat <laughs> that a smell like that can remind you of your child. You know, like it can take you back to that exact moment of you being yes. a kid and living in South Africa. I'm like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I know. And you know what I find so crazy? How, um, how much smell evokes memories for us? Mm-hmm. And I think... I, I think the scientific reason is to do with where the olfactory nerve sits on the brain with the um, me- like the memory center um, and just how powerful that is and how it can bring back like a whole flush of like uh, memories and past events when you smell something that is connected with that memory. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the science behind that? Isn't that yeah. the, the research and the science behind that smell and that memory and how there's so much that goes into it chemically that we don't even realize? Yeah. Do, do you get that? I'm just oh, curious. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. I mean, I think that goes back to like even like, you know, how my grandma's house smelled when I was, you know, I can still like, if I catch a whiff of it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that smells like my grandma's house. You can just like go right back to when you were, I was eight and in my grandma's house, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And also like, um, you know, like when you go back home or, or maybe for you, it's your grandma's house and you, um, that they use the same like laundry liquid and yes. everything smells like that. And it just <laughs> reminds you of home. Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that could be a whole nother probably part of the diet. Honestly, it'll probably be a whole nother part of the dietetics field, like people and food memory and, you know, how they react to it and how it affects their current eating habits and things like that. I bet there, there's a huge component there. Yeah, definitely. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's, for some people, elements of trauma with certain smells. Right. Or, yeah. yeah, you're right. And in, in impacting food decisions and maybe aversions food aversions as well yeah that's kind of I think a whole other whole other I just talked to someone about a dietitian about hypnosis and I feel like that would probably come out in some way during a hypnosis session (laughs) definitely yeah (laughs) what's now what's your favorite food Anne? my favorite fruit um I am a cherry girl I love cherries that's my favorite do you get nice cherries and you're in Iowa right I'm in Iowa so we only get I mean we do get cherries from like California in the summer but only for like a short period so less than Mm -hmm. a month we'll get really good cherries here in Iowa Mm -hmm. so and I Mm -hmm. eat I eat my weight in cherries for that whole month (laughs) 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 that's right you had a photo with cherries when we were doing our podcast panel I remember that now (laughs) I love Um, okay if you were not a dietitian slash it person slash marketing person (laughs) what do you think you would be doing as a profession Uh, I think I I probably would have followed the path around through business and probably Mm -hmm. been a marketer so I'm I'm kind of on my way to doing that you are yeah Yeah. Um, my future goal is to um, study an MBA, um, Masters of Business Administration with marketing qualifications. Um, and just in terms of you know that, one of my future goals is to potentially work um, in food industry. And I love the idea of um, dietitians having a you know a seat at the table at in food industry and the decisions that get made because I think mm-hmm. it's so important for 
it's our food supply, right? And it has, um, a, you know, a massive effect on um, the food that's available to people. And, and it's a, in a way, a, you know, from taking it from a public health type perspective. So, sure. yeah, that's sort of my, fu- my future goal. <laughs> so it kind of goes back to when you were, you know, 11 and when you were thinking about that kid at lunch, you know, they going to have food. You're kind of going back to that root of how you all got started. Yeah, potentially. And it's so interesting that you say that because I was talking to um, someone recently about how I I feel like um, as adults, we often, maybe we don't take the, maybe we don't take the career that we really wanted to or um, we were drawn to when we were young, but I feel like we circle back to that when we're older, particularly as entrepreneurs, Uh, we circle back to our childhood memories and the, the dreams that we had. I agree. And I think that yeah. you, know, you even said like the business component too, being in high school and you did have to focus more on science, but now that you can kind of circle back and your current job is helping you lead back to that marketing and that business and that other passion that you had. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I actually, be, I talked to a lot of um, people that I feel uh, they, they, they do that a lot in their careers. They maybe think that they have to have a certain career for, particular reasons whether it's um financial or whether it's like the you know expected career of the people around them um but then they come back to their dreams later on in life often I I I hope so (laughs) yeah like I really do because that's what makes people happy definitely yeah and what brings you joy in life Kate Oh, I love when you ask this question to your guests. It's always really interesting to hear what Artie's have to say. Um, I think probably what brings me joy is um, I, I'm going to have two parts to this. One being at work because, you know, work is a huge part of what brings me joy. So um, I think, you know, after, you know, completing big big projects, big um, tasks, having poured my heart and soul into it and having, um, you know, feedback from our community of dietitians or having someone reach out to talk about, um, you know, how maybe how it changed them or how it affected them or how it might have made a difference to their life and their practice um, or even how it's created some sort of meaning or value to them. That, that moment really brings me joy. Um and it's, I mean, it's about what you talk about a lot, purpose and passion. So it kind of comes back to, to that. Um, and then at home, like sort of outside of work, probably being with my puppy that we just talked about and my <laughs> part, partner, Chris, somewhere Aww. with um, pizza and a gin and tonic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You know, maybe you know having maybe having a picnic outside, or uh, you know that you know those moments, just those really simple moments where you feel at peace and at you know you feel joy. I love that. I love the balance yeah. of both, like the work and yeah. your personal life joy. Like you have to yeah. have those both. Yeah. Aww. What's your puppy's name? I never did ask. Yeah, her name's Zali. 
Oh, cute. <laughs> <laughs> dog names are always so funny to um, to learn because some people name their dogs like human names and yes, some name is. their dogs like, you know, like, you know, like Snickers or Pickles <laughs> or something. Actually, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of dogs named after food. I have noticed that. Says <laughs> <laughs> so something about us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'd love to ask you this question and because I don't know if I've heard you answer this question your biggest joy in life my biggest joy in life I would have to say you know honestly it is just being with I love being with humans I love being with my personal humans which are like my mom my friends but then I love this human connection that I've created in this podcast with people that I would never have had the chance to ever in my life. Mm -hmm. So I just love that human connection because without it, I'm not who I am. And I don't think that they would be who they are if they didn't have that human connection. So I just think that's a huge joy that I've been given the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And every day is, and I just, every day I'm just happy to have another day to live a life. And it's, it's just, every day is just a good day. Mm, that's beautiful thanks for sharing sorry yeah. I've, I've become the uh, <laughs> she's, she's a true podcast host <laughs> <laughs> I slipped back into old ways <laughs> it's okay it's okay I I was more than prepared for that Kate so <laughs> well thank you so much for your time with me this morning for you I really appreciate this conversation and all you're doing for the dietitian profession I think it's amazing and I'm so glad you're in this space thanks and it's been such a pleasure working uh, sitting down with you and in the past working with you yes a few (laughs) things together and I always get um I always get a tremendous sense of you know energy and um yeah energy after talking with you and working with you so thank you for the opportunity All right, my dear. That was great. I love chatting with you. You're so awesome, Kate. (laughs) Was it okay? (laughs) Yes, you did so good. Yes. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to have gotten to know you a little bit more. It just kind of is the whole picture of you now. I love it. (laughs) Likewise, likewise. Actually, I listened to your app with Tony um, a few weeks ago, Tony Toledo. Oh, yes. Um, And that was such a great app. I've been meaning to reach out to her. So, um, yeah, it was lovely. Lovely. Yeah, Yay. she is so awesome. I love she is one lady that just I don't know, like I've never met anyone like her. It's it's hard to explain her, but it's been cool to cross paths with her for sure. Yeah, and it's so interesting. I, I think this comes out a lot in your podcast. It's I guess all all we see is what we know of the person when we meet them, but when you really dive into their story and their background, um, it really is it's so interesting to learn about the the stories of um rds and what they've done in the past and what's led them to where they are now right yeah i kind of think so too that's why i kind of like the angle i love learning from other other you know dietitians of just like what they do for their work but i also think it's just nice to have that personal component too Mm -hmm. definitely definitely yeah um thank you again for the opportunity i so appreciate it and i appreciate your time 
I think Kate is such a lovely person. I love her approach to her career. I love her approach to being excited, asking questions, you know, taking on responsibilities that, you know, she's not even comfortable with, but she's willing to learn. I think that's hard in our profession to see the big picture that we can learn things and we can grow without actually physically knowing a lot about them once we get into a situation. I also think it's great that she has developed this awesome career with Dietitian Connection and Marie because that, you know, just by volunteering with her, what a what a great opportunity that led to an actual job. So I think what they're doing with Dietitian Connection is also fantastic to help dietitians just practice, be better, be better dietitians. So definitely connect with Kate. Uh, definitely go register for Dietitian Connection if you haven't. It's open to all dietitians across the world. And definitely uh, reach out to her if you have questions about what they are doing and how they can help you. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.